Go ahead, man. Uh, my name is Jamal Rogers. Um, a lot of people know me as Sneaks Dissing. Um, from Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, Sam Saunders. I ain't got no nickname. I'm just Sam. Um, you know, I'm from Cleveland, Ohio, born and raised, you know. Uh, and we here to talk numbers, man. So I'm going to introduce myself a little bit more, man. Jamal, you know, he acted shy even though he a talker. Um, we started this, like, just giving, like, some background of ourselves. Like I said, Cleveland, Ohio, born and raised, east side, uh, Mount Pleasant area. Um, we were just talking about it. I was talking with the production guy about, like, our neighborhood and how it was a movie growing up. And so that movie really let me see a lot of different things and made me want to, you know, be able to get out the hood, as people say it. But, you know, when you're from the hood, you don't know what you, like, you don't know what to do to get up out of there. So, you know, I went to school, I pushed, pushed forward, I always was a dreamer, and I dreamt about a lot of stuff. I dreamt about traveling the world, I dreamt about owning property, I dreamt about this, I dreamt about that, but I never knew how to do it because I ain't had nobody to show me. So, you know, I had to take the long route, which my kids ain't going to have to take, but I had to take the long route. I had to read, I had to lose money, I had to take hard lessons to learn the things that I got, and so now... I got four successful companies work, working, um, deal with real estate, credit, um, I own a DODD agency working with people with mental handicaps. Um, I do a lot of different things. And all of those things came to, you know, a head. And it kind of, you know, it, it's kind of the reason that me and Jamal became cool and that we, you know, bumped into each other. But like I said, like, you know, I had to grow and learn a lot coming from, you know, Mount Pleasant area, Cleveland, Ohio, one of the roughest parts of the city. So, you know, we, you, you learn, you, you, you get, uh, what is it? Hard knock life as they say it, right. you learn, you learn from the streets, but I done been to college and everything too, you know, but it got me to the point where I'm at now and meeting good people like my man, Jamal, who's going to introduce himself. Um, hi again, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is new to me, so y'all bear with me, people. Um, like I said, uh, well, like Sam said, we came together, and um, it was just a mutual. Uh, we was already following each other on social media, and I liked to see what he was doing, what, what drew me to him. I seen him being a good father to his kids, you know what I'm saying, to his son, and I seen that. And um, I seen that we had a mutual friend as well, and um, I'm like, I just was moved by what he was doing. And I was like, you know, we just messaged each other, and then, you know, we, you know what I'm saying, went out to have lunch, and we just went from there, and we would just start talking about some of the things that I got going on as far as on the business side, which I do real estate, um, investing and wholesaling, um, which is, you know, also do some fix and flips. Um, also, I do have a vending machine, and I do have an ATM machine as well, um, something I got into about, like, probably like a year ago. Um, just, just something random, you know. But I'll touch more basis into that. But like I said, we got together and, you know, we just started talking about real estate. And, you know, he was mentioning how, you know, he had a um, real estate background. And we were just like, well, you know, he wanted to, you know what I'm saying, get with me. And, you know, over these last few months, I was just, you know, just praying for like, you know, just because I do a lot of things on my own. And it's kind of hard doing a lot of work on your own. And, you know, and he just came into my life. And, you know, it was like, you know, it was like, okay, cool, let's get this going. 
and then we were just randomly just talking like, man, let's let's start a podcast and then, you know, and oh, it just yeah. at first I was a little uh hesitant because you know I was so used to just not being on the scene no more and then won't like you know, I just like I just like just be like low key now, you know what I'm saying? I just be chilling. But, you know, a lot of people did reach out to me about real estate and things like that. And I also just felt like um, with the podcast, I wanted us to show a different light, not just to be talking about just, you know, just other regular stuff that's going on in the world. I just wanted it to be focused on, like, generational wealth and things like that. So, like, what are we going to talk about going into it? Like, numbers. A lot of people may look at it like numbers as money, you know what I'm saying, like, yo, I'm about to get some money, like, no, but numbers is, you know, it could be a lot of things, so, you know, for me, you know, coming from, you know, growing up in Cleveland, I grew up um, in the St. Clair area, also down on, you know, I had a little time on 55th, like, close to Superior, um, so seeing a lot of stuff, like, you know, like, my mom and dad, both was in my life, but, you know, I seen a lot of stuff, too, at the same time, so, and, um, you know, I just wanted just for people just to look at it like, you know, we could, it's other things that you could do in your life. You know what I'm saying? Like, I ain't going to sit here and act like, you know, I'm just this super up person. I had to go through a lot of stuff, you know, to get to what I'm getting to and also growing at the same time. And um, a lot of, a lot of things, you know, a lot of, you know, bumps in the road. So you're still growing, still connecting with good people and just going from there. So. I mean, and like you said, like the name of the podcast is Let's Talk Numbers. And so we talk about this all the time. What does numbers mean? Numbers don't mean money to me at all. Like to be successful, as I've realized, is that for one, it takes like tenacity. Like it takes, you know, hard work. It takes a good chin because life's going to knock you down over and over and over and over again. And you got this. So how many times will you get up off the floor after life knock you down will it be 10 times will it be a hundred but whatever you got to do like when me and um jamal first met we just talked about our losses we didn't talk about oh man i'm up this i flipped that we talked about the losses and so for a person that can you know be humble enough to sit down and talk about the losses that they took to get to the gains that they made um, I don't think I think it was a couple weeks before we talked about stuff that we actually succeeded in. Right. We talked about those losses and that now we're doing well. So like so, and like you said, like ain't super super up, but up enough to be able to give people some guidance and things like that. And so like so with me, like like let's talk about it. Like with me, I think the numbers started when I was about nine or ten. It was at uh. Mr. White's Barbershop, bro. That was my first job. And I never, you know, when you a kid, you ain't thinking about money. Like, you know, it's, you know, your parents give you $10, whatever. And so I swept up every Saturday after he finished cutting hair for $20. And so on top of the little money I would get here and there, I had this $20. So I would save it. Like, we didn't have a lot of money growing up. So I would save it so I could buy stuff, buy stuff. And I was like, man, you know, but Mr. White taught me a lot about finance. He was an old man. You right. cut my hair. And he would talk about owning stuff. And I was like, man, coming from where I came from, I knew because we owned our house and another house, but I didn't know what re what it really meant. And I would sit and listen to the old timers talk about retirement, talk about stuff like that. And I'm a kid. Right. So I ain't never thinking. I'm like, I ain't going to never see 65. Like, I mean, I ain't saying it like that. But, you know, like when you eight, 
65 seemed a lifetime away. Yeah, it seemed yeah, like right. a book. Right. So um, from there, you know, we from Cleveland. So what you do in the wintertime? You shovel. So, you know, you get you a good snow. That was the hustle. And, and that was the hustle. Like, and you get you a shovel. And you gon' you gon' you might make three hundred dollars in a day, you and your peoples, man. And that right there really was like, oh, this is what business is. So me, my cousins, my friends, we would just hit whole neighborhoods, and I was like, wow, this is a business. So we wasn't really even thinking about the money. We like, all right, let's team up here. You do the steps, I do the walkway, boop boop boop. So with that, it started my mind into like thinking it's more to numbers than just. You know, if I team up with this guy, we can do twice the twice the the yards. If I do this by myself, I'm gonna do six yards. I'm gonna make I don't know what 120 dollars. Mm-hmm. I go with him, we are gonna make 300. And so like then you then it's faster too. Yeah, it's faster when it's two of y'all. So the numbers started to add up. Then I'm in high school, and I'm like, what you gonna do when you grow up? I'm from a family I don't know. You know, so that's another thing. So numbers impact your life, like. You know, everything that you do, I'm always thinking about numbers. They always popping through my head, like, you know, how many times do I got to do this? What age will I be able to accomplish this? And that's how numbers always got me going. Not the money. The money, the one thing I learned about money, as long as you're doing the right thing, you ain't scamming people, you ain't taking advantage of nobody, money will keep flowing like a faucet. But, like, soon as you think that it's time that you can take from somebody, do people wrong, then it's life become a hustle. <laughs> Uh, I look at numbers to me at first I had it in my head what I thought numbers was and then when I just listened to you something just came back to me it was crazy like I remember like when I was a kid like you know I went to this church school my mom was right where, where I'm at now she kind of felt like you know God put you in different places but right. I went to a church school from kindergarten to 8th grade it's called Calvary Center Calvary Center Academy or whatever but um, my mom used to make me these lunches, and she used to have all the snacks in there and this and that. And I used to always sell my lunches to the secretary. <laughs> but at that time, I was selling my lunches because at that time, it was no limit. I used to always sell my lunches to be be able because no limit was dropping the CD every week. All right, right, right. <laughs> at first, it was tapes. But then I knew for a fact I needed to make $15 right, right, right. every week. So my mom was set like... I need to be able to buy these CDs. And it was a record store. I can't think of the name of it, but it was on 55th and Superior. Then I used to always go to Squeaky D's on St. Clair, too. Okay. But it was just like, at that time, it, I was shoot, probably like from like, you know, from like 10 to 14, whatever. Yeah. Well, before then, but like, you know, I was always selling my lunch. Like, I would go in there to the secretary. They're like, what you got? They would like pay me my food. I mean, pay me for the lunches and stuff like that. <laughs> And I was thinking like, damn, my mom knew what she was doing. You know, uh-huh. I didn't think of it like that, but it was like then when I got, you know, high school, I was uh, selling CDs. My boy Marv, he had like a crazy plug on like back then. It was like a lot of mixtapes. Yeah. So my father, he um, he had a CD uh, thing Burn. that burner. Yeah. So he used to always take me to CVS, and he would buy. He would let me buy CDs to make CDs, and I'd go to school, and I would sell the CDs. It's like, you know, when Jay-Z was first dropping my bad for selling bootlegs. But, <laughs> you know, but that was my hustle, you know what I'm saying? So my father knew that he knew that I wanted to get some money then. Right. 
then I fell in, then we seen a micro sample. <laughs> then I started buying the 50 packs. At yeah. first, I was buying two. I think you buy like two, five, for $5, you could buy like five CDs or something like that. Oh, yeah, they're killing you in the hood. Right? Yeah, they're, they're killing they're, you. They're killing but then he took me to Micro Center, and, and I was selling, I was making mixtapes. I was making, you know, it was like I was, whatever. I was just selling CDs in the school. You right. know what I'm saying? People knew that, like, whatever. You know, I want to, you know, my bad because I am cool with rappers and stuff like that. I don't know what you guys are but uh, but now I think about it like you know those concepts you know of course being younger watching cars and you know um, shoveling in snow and I think of it now like a lot of kids now they all into their phones so like yeah. you know back then you know we knew we wanted some money like man my boy Los we used to just get up every Saturday morning we knew we had to do some right. do something to like to make some money and we was gonna walk up St Clair to 105 to uh, Plaza to buy something at OJ's or whatever it was we right. knew that we had to do something. This was, you know, because we were surrounded by the streets. Like, it was like, we knew it, we seen it, but, you know, we had family in it, you know, this and that, and it was like, you know, you could go left or right, you know what right, I'm saying, right, things right, like right, that. Right. But um, to go into it, like, you know, of course, like, over the years, um, just like how you mentioned, you know, being in the DODD, like, I always kind of been like in little businesses. Um, like, I was a provider for the state for a while, for some years. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, some things had came into the way. Um, like, I had, like, a, I guess that's when you start talking about adversities. Um, you know, I had some things that come in the way. You know, yeah, I was at fault for some things. You know, I can't deny that. But yeah. that, you know, over the time, like, you live and you learn. And, you know, I start, you know, selling shoes out the blue. And that's why I say why people ask me what your name Sneaks is for. Because a lot of people knew me for selling shoes to like a lot of you know athletes rappers or whatever you know i was right, right, right. you know i was moving fast you know so and shoot, i was you know doing big numbers you know what i'm saying i ain't gonna need a lot to you so it was a it was a thrill it was a good rush but i was always losing money at the same time like right. my relationships wasn't right with people um a lot of it you know was my fault too at the same time but yeah, people may see me with these rappers and this and this and this person, and but it's like you're around millionaires, but I'm not asking them no questions. I think I was just around just for the thrill and the chicks, so I wasn't really asking like, yo, what's up with this play? Like, how can I advance right. myself? You know, I'm around these people all the time, this and that, and all I'm caring about asking like, yo, what the club up and what we getting to it with these right. chicks at? You know what I'm saying? Right, right, so. Right. It was just like crazy, so you know, like I had like a you know period with some stuff that was going on at my job. Um, you know, my job was really trying to get me fired. They were trying to like I had like a case for real, mm-hmm. and um, you know, and that like really took me under. And um, then the shoe stuff wasn't working out like how I wanted it to work out, and um, so I just like I just fell back and I just started like um. I was doing lift, like money wasn't right. A lot of things, you know, for some years, I just said like, I ain't messing with the shoe game. Cause that's where it all goes to mindset. Cause your mind, if your mind ain't in the right place, right. it'll have you thinking like something else for literally, like I could say like two, three years, my mind had me feeling like nobody wasn't messing with me. Right. Cause you get caught up in, you know, the, so, the internet, you know, this and that. Right. And right. you would right. think like, you know, people messing with you that when you was up, and when you down, nobody really messing with you. So that was messing with me psychologically. I ain't gonna lie. I could be honest to say that. Like I never forget one time I was in the Cavs game, 
And I walk past somebody. I said, "What's up?" to a person. He used to buy shoes from me, do everything. Dude walk right past me. Act like he act like I wasn't even uh, act like I wasn't even there. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. and then I remember one time I was doing lift. I was driving doing lift, and I picked the dude up, and the dude was like, "Man, ain't you sneaks?" He like, "Man, what is you doing lift for?" And I, I'm like. Damn, you know, I always had, like, <laughs> like a nice car or whatever. But, yeah. you know, I went to this nice place, had my own place. But in my mind, I just felt like I wasn't where I was at before. You know right. what I'm saying? So those little things started, like, just playing on my head. Right. And I think, like, over time, like, you know, when you talk about numbers, it's like those times, those things add up. Mm-hmm. It just made me feel like, dang, you know, more you need to get back, sit back on your business and stuff, figure right. something out. So I would just trying to figure out because I knew I was working at a job where I wasn't happy. I was there for like three, four years. It was like you go from working by yourself to working at a job, and I wasn't happy. I was having this stuff going on with my job. They were trying to get me fired, all types of crazy stuff. So um, I felt I had to figure something out. And then um, I was randomly just at my dude Kev's house, and we were just talking. And then like a little bit before that, um, I just – was on Breakfast Club and I seen Mark Whitten talking about real estate wholesaling. And I remember before in the past, you would see stuff online talking about um, you could get into a business with no money down. No money, so, <laughs> no credit. You know, I don't want to be rambling, but the reason why I'm going to that because I know you see a lot of stuff on the internet yeah. and people say like you could do this and you it's really true though. Like, you know what I'm saying? But you have to do your research and your due diligence about everything. So I'm just thinking like no money. So I just start, when I see him talking about wholesaling, I just started clicking wholesaling, trying to figure it out. Right. And I'm like, what is wholesaling? You know what I'm saying? So I started looking into it. I paid into his program, whatever. Um, and at that time, like, you know, I was excited about something. You yeah. know, I'm like, you know what? Like, man, like, you know, this is this is what I got to do, you know? And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I can honestly say, like, you know, the first probably nine months, even though I was into it, but I wasn't really like dedicated because then I started selling shoes again. I started getting right. that rush, so right. I was right. getting money right. again. Like it was like you know those right. couple thousand was coming in, so it was like, well, shoot, I'm getting this money again. It's like, well, I got to really focus on the real estate, and then um, so I just started um, just like I said, I just started getting into it, and then you know, and then my mom passed, so. Then after she passed, it was just like, you know, like a like a spiral, you know what right, I'm saying? Right. But, you know, I don't, I honestly could say, like, you know, like, even though she passed, I kind of felt like before then, you know, I was already going to church, and, you know, it was some things that was going on, I was getting out of a relationship and things like that, but I started going to church, and then I felt like that prepared me for her death. Right, so right, when she right. died, it was like, yeah, of course, you know, I think about it all the time, but... I felt like her death prepared me for me to be able to move and maneuver. And everything just started waking up for me. And then I just started getting more into my business. I was working with somebody, and then I had to get a mentor. And before then, I was working with somebody that was like, man, you ain't dedicated enough. They said they said they, said they ain't want to work with me no more. So that was another click in my head. Like, Ma, like, look, I'm trying to show you something. And I'm like, you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to show right, you right, something, right. but what you're doing, you're going to be lazy. And it's like, I always been that type of person, like, you know, if I want something, I'm going to try to go get it no matter what. Like, if I got my mind in, I'm going to go, I'm going to figure it out, you know right. what I'm saying, no matter what. Right. So, you know, I just went full throttle in it. You know, I just started, like, 
you know, just doing mentor. I mean, it's just um, just paying attention to my mentors and this and that. Right. And then uh, my first deal was like a, a it was a condo, which was a crazy deal. But I actually got my, I got a check on it, and I felt like, look, this is really you could really do this. This is yeah. a business. And then from there, you know, things just start rolling. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I want to, you know, keep going on. But that's the whole part, like, when I say, like, the numbers concept, because it's like, you know, just don't give up, man. It's a lot of different stuff that's out there. And a lot of people, like, you know, used to follow me a lot from shoes and hit me up and this and that. But at the end of the day, I never was really happy. You know what I'm saying? That wasn't my passion. And even when I got back into it, you know, like, people to this day now, like, still hit me up. Like, you know, I do it for my friends and family and things like that. But I just knew my heart wasn't in it because I was losing so much, and it took me in a bad place, and I felt like I don't want to go back to that bad place. And, and, you know, me getting my life, changing my life, getting saved, you know, that changed a lot for me. And I, and I like, my, my peace is everything. No matter how much money you give a person, your <laughs> peace is everything. Like, a lot of people pray for money. A lot of people pray for this and that. I just, you know, I just wanted to pray for some peace and find myself and be happy with myself and, you know, and I can't ask for nothing else, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to caveat off that, like how you talked about, like your mother like your mother passing. My mother passed, I think I was 21, 22 years old, and at the point, you know, when mama had no life insurance, I'm big, that's why I'm big on life insurance, big right. on generational wealth, um, I had to pay for that, and I didn't have it, so it was my mama. So I had to, I took my credit card, maxed my credit card out. Um, you know, I had to get my little sister. And like, I'm 20, maybe 22. I got a kid of my own and I got to get my little sister. And so now I'm like, what in the heck is going on? Like, this ain't, this can't be life. I'm in college. Um, and so life got really hard for a couple of years. So I'm trying to work two, three jobs. Um, I'm in a national guard. It just, it's just not all adding up. And one of my brothers, my homie, I always talk to you about my brother to Ray young. He hit me up one day and he tried to sell me some insurance. So I tell him, I say, homie, I ain't got no money to barely eat, bro. Right. I say, so I can't get no life insurance. I say, he said, what you know about real estate? I said, nothing. I said, but down that street right there is the Ohio state library. We was at the McDonald's on high street. And I said, down that street right there is a library. It's open all night. Um, his wife was with him. He said, babe, go ahead and go home. Me and Sam about to do what we do. We got in that library and we read. We was reading through every book, making copies all about real estate. We put together a plan where we made a 12-person group, real estate agents, contractors, and people that just wanted to buy. Right. And this was at a time where house prices were super high. So if we buy it at 30, I can sell it to you for 60, then you can sell it for this part, and so we can all make money, and we still can sell it on the market. And so me and Teray did that for years. My first flip, I mean, I probably was about 50 grand in debt, dog, about to lose my car, about to get evicted, ducking the landlord. My first flip, I made about $100,000. And it changed my life, bro. Right. Like, it, And it really wasn't about the money. I was like, I just got to pay my rent. That's what I kept saying. I was like, I gotta pay my rent. And when the dude gave me that offer on that house, I was like, man, this can't be real. And I mean, he closed so quick. Like, <laughs> I had the house for maybe eight weeks, bro. I saw, I fixed it up myself. I put renters in it. Like, and I was, I was thugging. Like, my girlfriend at the time, um, she was with me. Like, she helped me, like, sand the floors, paint, like, all this stuff. 
and she was really down with me. And so we was just like, bam, you know, I get this house off and Teray was with me. And when we got that check, he handed me this check. I said, is this for real? This can't be for real. This ain't for real. You know, like I said, man, I've never seen this much money in my life. Like this cannot be for real. Right. But it definitely was for real. That $100,000 check was for real. And that wasn't the only one. I, I never got one that big again. But I got a 50. I got a 60. Yeah, again, we start doing deals for people. Like I plug you with him. And so I make twenty five hundred off that. So on a month or two, I ain't doing no deals. I still might do fifteen thousand off of that. Yeah. And then I had a program that I had with kids that I was doing for the free that I started at Ohio State. I work with gang members. I work with at risk kids, kids in juvenile detention because I love giving back. You feel me? Right. And so like so, but we wasn't non for profit. Me and Teray went on that endeavor together, and another one of my buddies, Ed. Um, Ed Taylor. And so me, Ed Taylor, and, and, and Ray, we got put in a good position. People wrote checks without us doing no work, bro, because we were vouched for by an individual that was in the House of Representatives, and we got the work. We changed a lot of kids' lives, like hundreds of kids' lives in the city. We did coke drives, and then guess what happened? The recession of 2008. And, you know, I went from having, you know, and, and money at that time to me was nothing. Cause I knew I could make it. Like I, I, I felt like I, I was printing money. Like we would go to the club and buy bottles, take three sips, break the bottles, and go to another bar and do it again. <laughs> we spent we spending thousands of dollars in a night because we thought money would not stop. Right. And then the money came to a screeching halt. I mean, in a year's time, I go from maybe two fifty in the bank to a hundred fifty dollars. Yeah, that's a big, that's a, that's a tremendous. To the point where I'm asking my girl, hey, babe, could I get, you know, some money to get some gas? Right. Like, I can't pay the bills. Like, I, I'm, and I thought my life was over, bro. And so then that's when I started to realize it's not all about money. Yeah. Because when I had the money, it felt like everything, I was on top of the world. And it was so gangster because I felt me and my brother, we did it together. But we both fell on hard times. Y'all both fell. Fell on hard. So I couldn't go to him because we was doing the same thing. So our money was coming from the same funnel. Right. And that's why now I don't, you know, I have four or five plays going at one time. Because I realized having that one killed me. You know what I mean? It kind of killed me. It kind of beat it beat me up. Um, and so now, you know, I, from there I start working. Um in corporate America, start defense contracting, and I asked for money again. But me and you was talking about this. I said I asked for money. I wanted the money, but I had to get shot at for it. I had to see people dying for it. I had to move to Afghanistan for it. Cause when people pray, I prayed for it. I was like, I just want to be rich like I was again. And I wasn't even rich. I mean, I was paid, but I wasn't rich. You right. know, you know. But I was like, I just want money again. And I didn't put no emphasis in that prayer. And I just said, man, I just want it. And God said, okay, here you go. Hop off in this dust in Afghanistan. You hope you got your, your vest on. Put your flag vest on because you might get shot. And, it, and and when I got there, I began to, you know, I made more money at a job. And I never, I didn't do no other hustles. I didn't flip no houses. At the end, I started flipping houses a little bit. But I just had to get comfortable because I had lost everything. I went from having stuff that I could buy for my kids to I couldn't, like, I would tell little Sam, my, my, my son, like, Dude, we got twenty dollars 
for the month. He two, three, four years old. I'm like twenty dollars for the month to go to Chuck E. Cheese because we love Chuck E. Cheese. So we got to do five dollars each week. Right. And like to the point, like it, it was bad, man. And I started to question myself. And when I had this bread, I still had a tight circle. So it wasn't like these people ain't messing with me because I got money with a tight circle. <laughs> and our, my circle stayed tight even though when I was struggling. I never let people know, but you ain't going to see me out of the club. You yeah. never see me out no more. Right. I stopped drinking because I was like, yo, I can't. You know what I mean? Like I can't buy a bottle of uh, that, that, that CVS vodka opposed to even trying to go buy some Grey Goose or whatever. So once I got... Start working in Afghanistan, and I got around some really good people, a lot of really good, a lot of good mentors and stuff. And these guys were into all types of things, um, uh, like leak, like on the houses, on it, all type of stuff. It kind of put me in a mindset for, um, it kind of put me in a mindset for what was going, like where my life was going to head. These men, even though I was there, almost in my thirties, they they made me become a man. Like I feel that that adventure six years of that adventure made me into a, a man right and then i got hurt and i got to come home and relive this life over with a new vision right and so my new vision is not about money it's about the relationships you make it's about the networking and it's about giving back yeah also it's crazy because like i remember when we first met you know we was you know we we was chopping for like for a minute yeah you know what i'm saying Lady was trying to get us up out of here. <laughs> you know, but. Y'all don't want nothing else? <laughs> yeah. Because it's like, you know, I think, like, you know, God moves people in different ways. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, you know, from, you never know, you know, from what you're what you, what you prepared to do. You know, right. so it's like, now I look at things now from how things were in the past and how I was moving and doing different things um, for me to prepare for the future. You know, right. like, yeah, I was getting money, you know what I'm saying, at a young age. Yeah. And, you know, me being 35 now, it's like, you know, when you getting money at a young age and doing things, of course, you know, I had a hardship, but it's like I never really was thinking about the future because I always felt like, yo, I got a couple thousand. I'm about to get it right back in a couple days. Right, so right, I'm going right. to spend it. I'm going to buy some shoes. Right. I'm going to go out of town. Right, like, right, right, right. You know, anything, like, I never was really, like, saving so it was like I had a lot of stuff but I never had nothing to show for but shoes even though some shoes even though a lot of shoes I had was an asset for when I did fall on hard times like I had to sell everything out my closet Mm -hmm. so it was like um just I had to sell everything you know I felt like a crackhead or something like I'm just (laughs) for real like I had to sell everything he's like that sometimes bro and you know I remember like I said like I remember for like probably like two years, not buying myself nothing. Uh-huh. Um, I had like one pair of shoes. I think I had like some forces, and I bought some New Balances. Uh-huh. But nobody never knew because I always still stayed clean. But nobody yeah. never knew like, and mom probably be going through it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But I thank God for those times of me going through it. And I think me coming to Him and me being involved and in, you know church and ministry and things like that because. That made me look at everything so much differently now. Right, like you know, right, right. like I always was there for my kids. My kids never had to want for anything. Right. So, but when I started getting that rush of making some money again, every money that I made, I started paying things ahead of time. So thinking uh, for the future. Yeah. So I was like, I would pay 
my bills three months in advance if mm-hmm. I know I was about to make a couple of dollars. Uh, yeah. Do this and that, do this for this and that. So I was just always thinking that my credit never was really in the right places. I felt like I was trying to do, like, not saying schemes, but it was I was jumping on to everything that was thinking that was right. I was being scammed out of, you know, trying to fix my credit, mm-hmm. a lot of different stuff, because I felt like, dang, like, I can't catch a break, you know, with this right. credit. And, you know, when we started talking about the credit, um, it was like, that's one of the most important things, like, you know, and I noticed in real estate, even though, like, with wholesaling, you don't have to have no money down, I mean, no money to get into wholesaling, mm-hmm. but once I started realizing about, like, fixing and flipping and leveraging, yeah. um, then... Big check. Business. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, like business credit. Like a lot of people don't know nothing about business credit. So a lot of people got businesses and they just got a business. Don't even know one of the things about business credit. So that's a whole nother level too. Yeah. And I just started. We gonna it. touch on that. We gonna touch on that. Yeah. So I just started paying attention to a lot of things, and I felt like, man, let me invest in myself. I felt like I ain't about to sit here and see all these people eat and make money. Right. And it's like you know you could go on YouTube and this and that and learn different stuff and you know it's a lot of information a lot of good Facebook groups out there you know that people could get into and you know because I felt like you know with the whole concept of the podcast like you know we've been entertained too long like you see a lot of fluff you see a lot of stuff that's online so like you know it's a lot of us don't have life insurance you know what I'm saying like just like you said like your mom my mom passed like she didn't have no life insurance but she had a little bread put away like she knew that some things was going to happen to her so I just look at things like now, like, you know, nah, those, I took that on the chin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, you know, it was just, it was crazy. But, you know, that's the things that, you know, we got to talk about. Like, I could talk about, we could talk about gossip all day or, you know what I'm saying, this and that. But sometimes we got to think about the real. Of course, you'll see on the internet, you know, you got people to be like, Everybody got to be so serious all the time. Yeah, you got to be serious because, like, shit. Life is serious. Like, if, I, like if, if you die today and you look at it like this, like, you know, like, I never forget, like, a quick quote. Like, it's selfish to die and not leave your kids with something. Man. You know what I'm saying? So, Man. like, if that's how you could jumpstart generations. You know what I'm saying? Man. So, like, if you was to pass away and you got like, a nice life insurance policy for your kids, you know what I'm saying? Or, you know, we'll get into that later on and, you know, and then even thinking about putting things into trust too. You yeah, get what I'm saying? Yeah, For yeah. things to be like if they don't that, that money at certain at certain so time. That low, yeah. yeah. So yeah. and that's the things a lot of us don't think about. So yeah. like my whole thing is to gather my peoples and people that I know and that I'm close to, or even that I know don't know that don't know me, this and that, but you know, just for us to be able to talk about those things and have those conversations, cause one main thing I prayed about, like I never I didn't want to pray for money. I just wanted to pray for connections and guidance, you know what I'm saying, for God to lead me to the right people, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So I thank God, you know what I'm saying, for him bringing me into my life because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, the money going to come, you know yeah. what I'm saying? But if I'm able to be able to talk to people and people tune in to me and see like, damn, you know, more like you, you really on your stuff, you know, this yeah. and that, it ain't about that, but it's just like, I want if people could see that, yo, I went from literally nothing, you know what I'm saying? Like, remember crying in my dude Kev house, you know what I'm saying? Like, I ain't know what I was going to do. Yeah. Like, I had to reinvent myself, you know what I'm saying? Like, you got to change you your gotta mindset. You got to do that multiple times in your life, bro. Yeah. So. You got to do it multiple times. You can't stay the same real dude or real chick or whatever your whole life. Like, life is evolved right. all the time. And so, you know, like a caterpillar, we got a metamorphosis. 
into a butterfly. But then sometimes that butterfly dies and you gotta, you know, be a caterpillar again and then become a butterfly again. But from what you said, we're gonna start so we got a, a segment at the end of each podcast of ours called Free Game. Um, you know, some people call it a lot of things, but this is free game. And we're gonna talk about something that you can do based off of your credit within real estate, sometimes within, you know, the realm of even owning a day, just things like that. But we're gonna give you a business opportunity, a business opportunity that if you're listening and you get it, you can get it. So I'm gonna let you open up into that. Talk to us, man. One thing I wanna say before we go into that real quick. Don't, how do I say that? Don't, uh, don't knock something that you don't know about. I see a lot of people, um, they, they be on, uh, they be on Clubhouse and a lot of people, um, you know, they talk about, you know, they knock it. So don't knock something that you don't know about. So if it's information, it's okay to ask, it's okay to ask people questions that you don't know. Like for me, it was a lot of stuff I didn't know. I didn't, I wasn't scared to DM people because I wanted to know information. Right. You get what I'm saying? Or right. try to be an asset towards somebody, you know what I'm saying? So what I can say is just, you know what I'm saying? Just don't knock nothing, you know what I'm saying? Pay attention to everything and just, you know what I'm saying? i say something real quick. Follow Let's Talk Numbers podcast on IG. Follow Let's Talk Numbers podcast on IG. Um, my IG is at the Saunders Way, and his is at Sneak Dissing. But y'all need to follow Let's Talk Numbers podcast for sure. Now, Jamal, go ahead and walk us into this free game, buddy. buddy. Uh, also, follow the YouTube page, too, Let's Talk Numbers, the YouTube page. Yeah. Um, you know, Alone Media in the building. Vanity clothing line. All that. You know what I'm saying? So, go ahead. So, what Mar, no, but what Mar brought to me was a great idea. Um, we always talking about business, you know, about how we can advance ourselves. And he said, man, how can we get into the Airbnb, Airbnb realm? And I said, man, that is a great idea. But where? We live in Cleveland. Cleveland is sort of popping, but it closes at 10 o'clock. So where are places that it doesn't close at 10 o'clock? We say Atlanta, Miami, Houston. All good places, all places we've been, all places that a lot of people go. So Maul wanted to throw another part in there. What was the other part that you wanted to throw in there with, with the car? Go ahead and talk about the car part. Uh, the cars, a lot of people, like, you know, you have a vehicle and you just so in love with your car and nothing wrong with being in love with your car. That's your baby. You know what I'm saying? You don't want nothing to happen to it. But if you got a nice whip, man, put that on, put that boy on the market, you know what I'm saying? And um, you can make some money while you sleep, you know, like while you just chilling. Send it somewhere. Like, you can send it. You can have it in Cleveland. Uh, me personally, my vehicle, I have it in Miami because my guy, it dawned in my head when he was like, man, I'm in Miami. I'm trying to rent a car, and there's no cars to rent. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like Atlanta. <laughs> like, we can't get no cars. We can't yeah. get no cars. So it's like, dawned in my head, like, you know what? Let me go ahead and put my whip, send it down, you know, and go ahead and rent that boy out and have some money coming in. And also, you want to go into how the other option is, too? Yes. Yeah, so so what, what we were looking at doing 
was this. So first of all, you have to have your credit right. Your credit got to be at least a 685. You need a 685 on the credit scale to be able to do both of these moves here. And like I said, this is free game. So, you know, if y'all hit our DMs up and stuff like that, this is free game to make you thousands of dollars. So probably don't have to pay for that. It's just what it is. But if you can think about it, there's a lot of information online that can help you guys in this regard. So you need about a 685 to 710. Uh, preferably no collections. If you do, it's going to be one that's like under $300. So first, you have, you have uh, a, a system called Swap-A-Lease. So what he's telling me is that when you get an Airbnb, say in a place like Atlanta, every time I've gone to Atlanta, it's taken me at least two hours to rent a car. Because there is a car shortage because so many people go there. And so Maul threw this at me saying, hey, man, like you could do an Airbnb with a car attached. I've done one before. And I use Airbnb probably twice a month, maybe three times a month. Never even seen that. And he opened a new idea. So from swap a lease, depending on how good your credit is, you might be able to lease a Bentley or a Sonic, <laughs> Chevy Sonic. Either way. Once you have that 785 to 715, you can do one or two. You can do two things. You can go to an apartment complex, apply for the uh, apply for the apartment, make sure that it's okay so that you can sublease, and then once you sublease, you can put it Airbnb, Expedia.com, Priceline.com, and book it. So that all those revenue, the all those streams that you're, it will keep your property booked. And so you do swap a lease for a 12 month lease. And so now when you Airbnb that property, you can also have, hey, there's an option for a rental car. So you don't have to wait in the rental line. You can go straight to the property. There's a vehicle there. There will just be a charge every day for the vehicle along with the Airbnb. You would do that separate though. Like you can do that separately when you contact that uh, person who's going to be staying in your Airbnb. Hey, see, that's, you know. That's, that's, that's the game. Like, so Airbnb, swap a lease for a car. If get a, so with Airbnb, you're going to have to first months, last months, and put furniture in the, in the place. So please have a budget for that. And then with swap a lease, you don't have to put it down on payment. Sometimes they'll give you money on the vehicle. And then, guess what? You can lease this car for $300 a month. You can probably make that $300 back in one week. That's the whole importance of getting your credit together. Yeah. Cause I'm the credit guy. <laughs> a lot of times, you know. That's the importance of having your credit together because, you know, you could do a lot of those things on your credit, you know, without having to spend your own money. Yeah. Or, you know. Oh, my bad. Yeah, so if you got credit and you got credit cards, guess what? All this is free because you can swipe that deposit. You can swipe that first month's rent. And you can swipe all that furniture. And so when you're getting the money from the Airbnb, say you spend $3,800 on all three of those things. Guess what? $3,800, a minimum payment is probably about 85 bucks. So think about that. You can put money in your pocket and pay, say, 185 bucks every month until that's paid off. And when that's paid off, guess what? You can do it again. You can do it again. And just on top of that, hit rock the score and sign up so that that lease can be monitored and it can be hitting on your credit, too. So, like I 
like I said, before we close out, this was our first episode. You know what I'm saying? We, we raw, we live, um, coming soon to our podcast. Of course, we're going to have later on down the line, we're going to have guests, speakers come on that's into the credit business, that's into life insurance, that's into everything. That's into the stocks, that's into clothing line, like Manic Vanity, um, a lot of other business that's in, uh, that's in play. Um, so we want people to, the whole main thing is we want to highlight businesses too at the same time. Like, yeah, we, I'm into real estate, Lizzie's in credit, but it's a lot of other business because like you see this production right here, it may be somebody that want to know, want to learn how to get into a production, you know what I'm saying? Where they can holler at Brian, I know media, things like that to figure out like, how can I do that? How can I be this camera guy to this and that? Because right now, as you can see how the internet wave is going, you know, people are, everything is kind of like digital or whatever. Everything's on the internet. So like I said, we follow us on Let's Talk Numbers, the podcast. Let's Talk Numbers podcast on YouTube. Let's Talk Numbers Instagram. Your Instagram? The Savage Way. Uh, my Instagram, sneaks.dissing. Um, that's my Instagram, and like I said, we appreciate you guys for tuning in to us, tapping in with us. Thank you. And the OnlyFans gonna be coming soon too. OnlyFans, dirty, dirty credit secrets, and then that Let's Talk Numbers podcast. OnlyFans. You know, my guys, he, you want to talk about your book? Yeah. Oh yeah. So um, my book uh be dropping next week when the website is complete. Uh, so it'll be like seeds, of financial fitness, uh, com. That's going to be the website where you can cop the book. You can cop credit repair letters. You can cop, uh, secrets that the pros use and you'll probably, you know, everything you buy, you get a free gift. Like, and it might be a lender's list or what have you places where you can go get approved for credit cards based off of your credit score. So we, we moving this year, y'all. So, you know, hop on board. Like I said, the money train is going. And like I said, it ain't all about the money, but you got to put some structure behind it. And then it'll all be right. Yeah, like I said, you know, um, I haven't had a date yet of my ebook, but I'm leaning towards February 5th. That's a special day for me. So stay tuned for that. And like I said, a lot of things to come 2021. Um, like I said, let's talk numbers. Thanks for being with us. Appreciate you guys. Y'all have a good one. My God. That's it, man. Appreciate it. That's a wrap, man. We live, man. Yeah, man. The first good one. Stuff. Man. Good stuff, bud. Good show. Will it save it on my... I'm about to do it now. <laughs> That's why I'm like, let me get it. Did you want to save it? Man, it wouldn't let me save it.
Since I saved mine, would I be able to send it to him? Yeah, you saved that to the camera roll. So it's yeah, on your phone. Right, to yeah, that's right. Camera roll. I'm telling you, bro, that Facebook one ain't bad, bro. The live be clean on there. It seems like people be messing with people ain't on Facebook, bro. Mm-hmm. Especially with the lives, people be fucking with them lives on Facebook for some reason. Mm-hmm. And for real, Mar, you you could tell, man, you got much more comfortable than the show went on. Yeah. I was kind of a little nervous. Yeah. My words was like, you know what I'm saying? This is my word of advice as far as like just talking on that bitch. Be yourself, bro. Just don't don't, try to, don't think good. about it, bro. Just, like, it got to the point where y'all was just having a conversation. Right. And that's really what the podcast shit is about. Like, my first couple shows, bro, I was dead nervous. Like, especially the live shows, nigga. Um, I'm talking about, nigga, if you go back and watch them, nigga, you can probably see my hands shaking, bro. Like, nervous, nervous. But I just got to the point where I'm like, nigga, I'm sitting in here having a conversation with my niggas. Like, these my niggas, no matter who watching I'm having a, a, a personal conversation. Right, so that's right, my right. approach every week. And now, bro, I don't give a fuck who in the room, nigga. I roasted a nigga at our live show last week. Some nigga was in the crowd with a burgundy, like, old sure. burgundy shirt and pants on. What? I'm like, hey, you burgundy soup, nigga. Be back here next week. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, be yourself, bro, though. Like, don't worry about, like, pronouncing words the right way. And all. Nigga, just talk, bro. They get it. We ain't, nigga, we ain't college, well, except for my nigga right here. We ain't college graduate suburb-ass niggas, bro. We talk how we talk, and it, you talking to people that they want they want authenticity, bro. They want to sit down and listen to this shit and be like, yo, this nigga ain't faking. Like, and you can tell by how a nigga talk. If a nigga, like, being too cautious with saying certain shit, like, nigga, just, just talk, bro. But y'all gonna see niggas, like, by episode, like, four or five, though, bro. This shit gonna be easy work to you, nigga. You gonna be like, nigga, let's get this shit going, bro. Ain't gonna be no, no issues.